welcome to the Whispers of the Soul podcast, hosted by Sally Ann Marla and Sibby Spencer. Every week we dive into spiritually rich topics to create conscious conversations to help you, the listener, deepen into your own soul wisdom and practice. The space we create through our discussions invites you into your own inner world whilst we explore ours and our guest speakers. We come together to share stories, creativity, wisdom, insights and laughter. If you feel it's time to become more curious about your own uniquely creative, expressive self that makes you, well, you, then you are in good company. So hello everybody, this is episode 11 um, and today we are talking about how to track your cycle for balance and we are joined by the amazing Sukra Kalik um, who runs and owns the Body Temple. So I'm just going to do a quick intro for Sukra before we start. So Sukra is a Mizen and holistic practitioner and teacher. So for the last 25 years, she's been involved with health, beauty and wellness. But today, Sukra focuses on holistic health um, and advanced skincare for her clients. And then in 2021, she qualified as a Mizan practitioner. And this was a calling after experiencing the challenges of endometriosis. I said that right um, for the past 25 years. So now she works with women uh, to overcome womb-related health challenges, which may include fertility issues, period problems, menopause symptoms, and much more, which I can totally relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, welcome, Sukra. Thank you very much. I love that introduction. Yes. <laughs> you get all your own things that you've done over the years, and you're like, oh, exhausting. Yeah, I know. It's a, it sounds good. It's it does. A, it's very impressive. It's very <laughs> impressive. I forgot to say. I'm Sally. And I'm Zibby. <laughs> we were so busy introducing we Super, we forgot about ourselves. <laughs> we're not important anyway. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, so 25 years, Super, it's a long time, isn't it, to be invested in an area. So it's obviously something that you're very passionate for. And then you've, you've obviously been on, on a process with that and what you, you know, currently now specializing in. So for people listening, do you want to just give a, a kind of a summary as to, you know, what you're doing, what your passions are um, a little bit, and then we can delve yeah, sure. a deeper. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, it's not the first career that I went into. I worked in admin at two uni for 10 years and there was always something simmering that I was going to do. And I used to collect this aromatherapy magazine, which was very new at that time. And I used to sit on my bookcase and used to think, oh, what's the thing that I'm going to do? What's the thing? And I used to look at this aromatherapy magazine and all the different increments that I used to collect. And that's what kind of led me to it. Um, I've been a therapist for a long time, but I'm, all, you know, everyone says, oh, I'm really bossy and tell people what to do. So I just went into the teaching and training side, which really suits my personality. <laughs> I should say it's more about nurturing people, shouldn't I? <laughs> I'm good at telling people what to do. Well, you can be both. You can be a nurturer and yeah. also pretty good at, you know, and I think that teaching's a skill as well, being mm-hmm. able to teach people in a certain way. 
it's just the thing that makes me really happy when I'm doing it. It makes me really happy. I was talking to another trainer the other day. She was saying, you know, when you've got to go somewhere and you've got to be there for three days and you've got to teach and there's elements that you dread. But the minute you get there and you open your mouth, you're like, yes, I'm where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think even when you go into a particular field, what you're trying to help other people with and what you're trying to teach them, it doesn't always hit home that you needed that advice yourself. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting on all this holistic therapy knowledge and practice, but I was also sitting there with having been diagnosed with endometriosis 25 years ago, 26 years ago now. And at that time, the advice was take the pill until you want to have a baby. Super helpful male doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, we can help you up until the age of 30. And after that, you're really going to struggle. So then what happens is the medical profession plants all of these seeds in your mind and you think you just tell yourself right if I get beyond 30 maybe I'll never have a baby and I must keep taking the pill and I might be a little bit controversial here but I'll just say what I've learned in the past and how I'm applying it now and one of the most important things that I learned was that there's a massive myth surrounding the pill mm. so the way that the pill is sold to women is this, this is a regulate your period but it does yeah. no such thing. Yeah. What it does, it disconnects you physically, emotionally, spiritually from your hormone cycle. And you need your natural hormone cycle to regulate everything, whether it's your metabolism, your liver function, your sleep, all of that. But because it disconnects you, then what happens? You spend years and years on it and you think, oh, yeah, I have regular periods. But you don't. You just have a breakthrough bleed. But you need the period bleed for its own purpose and its purpose is to detox and cleanse the body so that process is not happening properly so when you come off the pill and you magically expect to feel fine your body thinks what the heck have you done because nothing's making sense and it tries to regulate itself Mm. and then when it tries to regulate itself and all these symptoms happen we try to fight the symptoms whereas the symptoms are a really important part of the healing process it's your body regenerating so I didn't really realize that until much later in life. And then I was in a business WhatsApp groups. And this is me working as a trainer and a therapist and all these things and working in skincare. And this girl in Birmingham who was a therapist would post messages about mesentherapy. And I'd never heard of it. And this is about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And it just kept coming up. And everything that she would write would relate to me in terms of have you had endometriosis? Do you get an irregular cycle? Do you have bleeding, spotting intermittently? And I would just ignore it. But obviously, it's about timing, isn't it? It mm-hmm. happens at the right time. Absolutely. And then one day I thought, right, I should go and see her. So I went to see her. I had some treatments, literally within a couple of treatments. My whole cycle, the pain that I would experience, all of that completely changed. And then I think it was about the fourth treatment. I was lying on the bed, having the treatment, chatting away. And I thought, I think I'm going to learn this. I'm already a therapist. This is ridiculous. So I contacted the lady who runs the course, went to this amazing place called the Tree Relaxation Retreat in the North York Moors for a week in July 2021 or 20. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember now. 21. Yeah. yeah. Um, spent a week, made the most amazing connections with other women from different professions. So there were women who had no therapy experience. There were women who were mid, have been midwives for 20 years women who were therapists, myself, and we were taught by this amazing lady called Bushra. 
who is a herbalist. She's a doula. She's helped women through birth. She's a therapist. And it, it changed everything for me. And it just changed how I looked at the whole cycle. Because the other day I Googled uh, something to do with periods. And I thought, right, let me see if any positive quotes come up. Quotes about the monthly cycle. It was all negative. There was nothing positive, nothing telling you that for a woman, her superpower lies in the fact that she has a monthly cycle. Mm. And all we're told to do is find ways to dismiss it, not have it, all of that. So I just want to really educate, starting from a young age, young girls, about the power of your monthly cycle and why it's important to have a natural cycle and what it teaches you every day in your working life, in your home life, in your relationships, and how it can lead you to have just, I guess, amazing balance in your life. So that's, that's so, a kind of a long roundabout way. Yeah, that's so interesting because we've, we've talked a bit about cycles. Um, we did a, a podcast at the beginning of the year and we were talking about the whole focus on new beginnings at the beginning of a year. But, you know, we've got as women these cycles that, you know, and, and I'm sure that you're going to talk about this um, anyway, that the whole the holistic, you know, um, outlook on your cycle with regards to how you feel at different times of the month and what's you know linked to what's going on in your body and we were sort of Mm. suggesting that perhaps if we were more in touch with our own cycles we could pick the better times to start new things or the better or the better times to to not and to actually almost um what's the word consolidate things does that make sense and to just yeah. yeah So it's really interesting what you say. And also about the pill, I think that is a big thing, isn't it? Because I know personally I've had experience with the pill, very negative experiences and and also feeling as though it's kind of a fix-all, mm. you know, like being was given it as a teenager um, for my skin because I had bad yeah. um, spots. Mm. And I actually had experienced depression and teenage depression, whether or not, I mean, I do wonder <laughs> whether that was linked to being on the pill, you know, and, and my hormones being out of whack um, and not going with my natural, you know, my natural rhythms and things. But I think there's so much to be to be said for being more aware, isn't there, of the, well, of the pill and how it affects think- you. I think everybody has a a story and everybody can relate. And I, I was, I was put on the pill because my, they, they, I was bleeding so heavily that they were worrying about, uh, you know, me becoming anemic because I was just losing so much blood. And so they tried me on these other tablets. I don't even know what they were. These horse sized pill things. They did nothing and then put me on the pill. And, and it's interesting what you were saying about how it's, so there's two elements, isn't there? There's the mindset of here, this is the quick fix mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And then the second part is what it's actually doing to you in terms of your body, how you connect um, with your own cycle and how you feel about that. And, you know, intuitively, I I was guided. So I went on the pill at 15 and I was guided to come off it. I probably I was probably about 30. I, I know, remember thinking, God, I've been on this 15 years. And mm. there was just something that told me, get off it. I did, I got off it. And I would say it probably took two or probably a couple of years, actually, for me to find some sort of balance and connection again. But it was very haphazard. 
Sukra, and I didn't have the skills or the knowledge, you know, that obviously we're very lucky you're going to share that with us today. But mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, you're just kind of stumbling in the dark because, like you say, the information isn't widely available. And if you do go down the medical route, you sort of almost, get, you know, steered towards, oh, this is this, this is the answer. Just do this. Yeah. And and also the, the bleak outcome that you that you were given as well with your yeah. condition and the things that you go through with your body as a woman as well. Like I I know I also had a lot of problems with the pill after having a baby, mm. um, and you know it it, it there so, seems to be so many gaps in. And didn't you feel pressured to go back on the pill after you had kind a baby? Of, I just felt like they were saying, "Oh, you know, you can get pregnant even though you've just had a baby, or you ought to have you ought to go on the pill." And it was the worst thing for me, um, for my moods and the way I felt. And, you know, so I think, and I know we're not just focusing on the pill, but I think you've really hit something Mm. there that's really important. It's major because it's been, it's, you know, it's a generational thing. It's not been around forever, but this last century, it's been held as, I guess, by women's lib, that it was the best thing since sliced bread. And to be honest, I think it was the exact opposite because what it did, it made you disconnect from your natural ability to monitor your cycle. Because in reality, there are only about six or seven days a month, if you're lucky, that you can get pregnant. So why have we not been encouraged to connect with that, take control of our own activities and cycle Mm. and think, okay, when I want to get pregnant, these are the days that I can get pregnant. And these other days, there's no way that I can get pregnant anyway. And that's fine. So it's been sold as, um, well, it's going to give you all the freedom and you can do what you want and you can you can just live how you want. But you can live how you want anyway by tracking your cycle and knowing what that means, because that would have given women better choices and better options and be in tune with what they really want for themselves rather than what we've kind of been programmed into thinking we should be. And, and if you look at things like TV adverts, it's only very recently that even the blood on a sanitary towel is red in an advert it's always been blue and women have been sold this idea that when you're on your period you should be able to run a marathon you should be comfortable enough to run a marathon and it's really not what you should be doing because it doesn't serve us in any way and to this day they're still called sanitary towels as though your period is something unsanitary whereas it's a really powerful experience for a woman you know, it, one of the amazing quotes that Bushra shares when she teaches Mizan is that if men had a womb, they'd be bragging about it. Yeah. And, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not anti-men at all. I'm about women embracing who they are and men embracing who they are and finding ways to work together and come together. But we, yeah, I think society has really disconnected us from this. And it shows it shows in many ways. It shows in uh, when you look on social media and women are doing the hustle and you know, working like crazy and bang, 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 productivity, consistency. Consistency for me in terms of business is a terrible word, but you should consistently monitor your cycle and look after your health and find balance and consistently be able with the fact that some mornings you wake up feeling absolutely horrendous and some mornings you wake up feeling ready to change the world. And that's normal. That's really normal for a woman and for a man. But we're told that that's bad. Like sort yourself out pull your socks up, be yeah. the same, achieve the same level of productivity today that you did yesterday and last week and next week. And then you're going against your own flow, aren't you? And mm. this is something in later life that, you know, I've discovered, you've discovered that 
you know, people are discovering in different ways that it's it's so counterproductive. There's absolutely zero gain from pushing yourself and then you get the, the burnout and you get, you know, agitated and you get angry and it can lead to so many other things because you there's been this, like you say, super, this consistent mindset of, oh, you've got to push through, you've mm-hmm. got to, you know, <clears throat> be equal in, in what you can contribute. And, you know, we've been, we have been living in a very sort of man's world, man's dominated world, this idea of what, I personally don't believe that this is what masculinity is that's been modeled for us, but this, this, it's very much been pushed on us. It's almost like fit in or fall out. You know, it's had, it's had that Mm. vibe Mm. about it, hasn't it? Which, you know, we are obviously coming out of. Um, And, and I, and I just like, I I just like what you were saying about um, educating the younger generation um, and having, having an alternative narrative available to them. Mm. that they can connect with and associate with and um i just wondered though you know in terms of how these how these problems occur so sibby might have been experiencing what she was saying with the, the acne i was having really heavy periods or really severe pain and my common sense tells me there was something out of balance in my body to be having that experience in the first place and that was not addressed or looked at i just wondered what your thoughts were on that super well, it's interesting. Um, just quickly going back to what you mentioned about younger girls to then relate to what you've asked. So I never really knew that it's not normal to have period pain. You shouldn't have any period pain. You might feel that you need to rest and you don't be really active, but you yeah. shouldn't really have any pain. So pain is an indicator that something's out of balance. Right, okay. And now that I practice mesentherapy and I have clients sitting in front of me who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, going through different changes, and we'll go right back to when they started their period and what their periods were like. And there are some that will say my per- periods were painful from day one. Mm-hmm. And I can pretty much guarantee that something was happening in their life. And I'd say about 80% of my clients who had painful periods from day one will then say to me at some point in the consultation, my mum and dad used to argue all the time. Uh, there was a lot of tension in our house. My parents were going through a divorce. Uh, they had a bereavement and they won't relate that to anything major was happening in their life. So when I first asked, was anything happening in building? No, because people are trying to think of something major. But yeah. as we know, traumas are small T's and capital T's, you know, the, and That's everything the, in between. Yeah, yeah. So they'll say, yeah, my parents used to argue because for a woman, your womb, your sacral chakra, this is where we hold all our emotions, our past memories, our traumas, big and small and we store it because we're just dealing with it. And sometimes we haven't dealt with it and it gets held there. Mm. So emotional trauma is huge and that can lead to all sorts of things. So when your body's trying to bleed efficiently, it, the bleed can get trapped. The emotions are trapped. There's stuff going on there. And then on a physical level, there could be um, the position of the pelvis. So you might be born with a slightly tilted pelvis. You might have fallen off your bike and landed on your bottom and slightly tilted your pelvis. And all of that will affect your period and your monthly cycle and how you experience it. Because if your pelvis is slightly tilted, when you bleed once a month, you might get backflow of blood. And that backflow of blood can remain there until the next bleed. And this is why you might get the irregular bleeding and the spotting and the brown blood. Mm. Um, This is why you might get pain. So there are all sorts of reasons. And in terms of 
skin health if you think that your hormones have been totally out of sync so this would happen to me when i would then come off the pill because i think i don't really feel comfortable to be like my skin would totally break out and what would the doctor recommend go back yeah. on the pill yeah i was never sorting myself out i was never allowing that because on a physical level i think i'm a part of work in the beauty industry and i work in health and my skin's broken out i mean i put pictures on my instagram of how bad my skin used to be and coming off the pill and allowing myself to balance out really helps. But if you think that your natural hormone cycle is cut off by the pill, you need your hormonal cycle to regulate emotion um, and all of that and mental health. So if your hormone cycle has been cut off, it's not a surprise that you're then being affected in all of these other ways as well. Mm, yeah. yeah. Does, does that apply? So I've never had it, but I know people that have uh, used the coil. Is that Does that have a similar effect or impact because i've had a friend that's had that and it, and she was like another person and they had to they had was to it a hormonal it. one yeah yeah i don't know much about the coil, so i can't comment really but some women will still have a period and some might have a period at all so i know someone who's had a coil for 10 years and not bled at all right so think about the impact of that so of woman. thinking yeah. not having a bleed for a decade. And I'll, I'll just give you one example of why your bleed is important. Because it's a detox for your body. Um, if, look, if you think about TV adverts and processed food and things like that, and vitamins that we're supposed to take, iron, the talk about iron is big, isn't it? So you're iron deficient or this cereal is fortified with iron and this has iron in it. And our body absorbs iron. And if we have an excess of iron, it gets absorbed by the tissues and then it's a burden it creates a burden on the liver but when you bleed every month it's a detox of the iron mm -hmm. so your body needs to get rid of the iron so imagine that you're not having a bleed and you have all these excess minerals and other elements building up in your body and the burden that it can then put onto your liver and what that's going to do long term when it happens over a period of decade mm -hmm. and what that's going to do to a person's mindset physiology their general health um and this lady that i'm talking about she's had the coil for 10 years not had a bleed and now has liver issues mm. and then it's having other issues because of that yeah and i and i had a chat with her about it she's like oh my god it's just i just need to get it out i need to get it out because they're just like band-aids they're just a quick fix solution that have long-term health impacts they, you know they, there's going to be a lot of people that listen that may not agree with me but well, I think it's just better just to get it all out there, and you know, yeah. people, you know, people can have different opinions, but I, I just, I genuinely do think that this is a topic where there's not that much out there, no. information-wise, that's particularly beneficial. It still feels a little bit, oh, this is what you do, this is how you handle it, and it's not really even with what they're teaching in school. You know, I've got a twelve-year-old um, girl and a 15-year-old boy and what they teach them about that in school, particularly talking to Amber, my youngest, it's it's so clinical. They make it so, yeah, almost like it's kind of a nuisance thing. You know, but I remember cultures that used to celebrate when mm. when girls, you know, first had their period and it, we've, we've really reversed from that, haven't we? But hopefully making progress now. But I just wanted to really quickly say on what you were saying about having no period. Again, I know a few people that apparently there's this there's been this injection you can get Mm. um where it's you stop you don't have a period for three months and then you go back and get this injection and I remember then thinking oh, that doesn't sound very good 
So I'm assuming it's it's a similar problem. That there'll be this buildup, like you say, because you can't have that detox, that release. It will be. And, you know, what's happened that we feel is a great thing that, oh, I don't have my period. I don't yeah. have it. And yeah, like it's an inconvenience. Yeah. And actually, it is a superpower. I know that sounds a bit crazy and a bit idealistic, but it is. And, you know, when we talk about the weeks of the cycle in more depth, so you'll see why it is and why it's important and how it will explain everything to you. And actually, if we observe our cycle and the seasons and we honour them, then you don't experience all the pain and the discomfort and the inconvenience of it. I think we're sold the idea that it's an inconvenience. Mm. And it's just the it's just the opposite. So with young girls, they should be encouraged that, well, actually, if you have your period, you don't have to participate in PE. Can you imagine how that would go down in schools? Mm. Because actually, they shouldn't really have to participate in PE because you don't want all the impact on the feet of running around because when you have your period, all your ligaments around your pelvis are softer and more vulnerable mm. so then more pressure is going up through the legs and through the lymphatic system and through the circulation system and it impacts everything within the pelvic girdle because it's mm. holding everything together so when you're forced to be part of a PE class and you can't sit it out with a hot water bottle which there's nothing wrong with and then you know your daughter comes home from school feeling horrendous and you have to pick up the pieces yeah. but maybe as a mom you're not even educated yourself about how you can deal with this then it's no wonder that you know I remember girls who said oh yeah I do athletics I don't even have a period really lasts for about a day and that's not something to celebrate no do you think uh, it's so interesting this with the with the school you know uh, what I'm two things are coming up for me and I know I know you're going to talk more in in depth about mm -hmm. working with your cycle and stuff but um that the system the way the system's set up like you're saying you know with schools not geared up towards with girls and and their needs um which is you know something that's obviously been in society for so long that needs changing it's going to take a while isn't it to change that yeah. but also contraception and you're really making me think about contraception in a different way because if you think about like like you were saying when the pill came in as well who who actually is that giving freedom to exactly you know is is it is it actually giving more freedom to men because you know they can have sex and not be impregnating a, a woman you know it's kind of like a flip it's it's flipping the way I'm thinking of mm. the whole the whole sort of notion of contraception as well not that contraception is a bad thing just the the motives behind it I don't know yeah there is that aspect looking at it from maybe a male perspective but I think the way that I've started to look at it over time is the impact it's had on the institution of the family mm. and whether that's a conventional family or a non-conventional family it's I could be going into different territory but it's looking at women have been sold this idea that you can have it all but what does that mean in reality what does it all mean did we ever really want that yeah we yeah. actually have a choice and we can choose that but part of that is honoring these natural biological physiological processes that we're born with yeah and I think whatever we believe to be our creator or how we came to be here I don't think nature had it in for us 
I think nature is with us. And that's why we were given a cycle. And that's why we're fundamentally different to men. We're fundamentally different with different innate abilities and desires and passions um, and purposes. Mm. And we come together for a reason as two very different genders. Mm. And with the introduction of the pill and then the way that it's taught in schools, and PE and classes and all of that, girls are really made to feel that they're inferior or a bit of a wimp if they can't function as normal when they have their period. And they really shouldn't be expected to because normal when you're on your period is taking it easy, allowing yourself to rest, slowing down, nurturing and nourishing yourself. And that should happen as a sisterhood. So I know that in the Asian community, that's that's more of a thing and especially since i've become a mizan practitioner i've tried to educate my nieces so if there's a bunch of us at home and something's happening if you're on your period you're excused from kitchen duty and i think that's the way that it should be mm. i mean imagine a world like that that would be pretty awesome yeah i mean it yeah. just it, you know just sometimes just the acknowledgement of and the you don't have to meet this expectation that yeah. just that in itself will just ease a lot of that yeah do you think also we, we've Stress. lost that sort of, we, we're very, like you're saying, we have to have it all, we have to do it all, we have to be the carer, the caring person, you know, the caring female, and we have to give, 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 and we have to do all of the rest of it now <laughs> as well. Yeah. And we've sort of lost that ability to be cared for almost. Mm. We, we, we're not often cared for, and, you know, we, but that's actually really important um when especially like when you're in a certain part of your cycle do you know what I mean it's being able to admit that or ask for help yeah but we don't we don't ask for help because we're taught that we can care for everybody and look after everyone and run around and you know be on the hamster wheel um and the same as your monthly cycle you know this translates into yearly cycles life cycles it's like the two of you were saying about starting new projects So actually, you know, we all go into this phase of January the 1st, New Year's resolution. It's a terrible time to make a New Year's resolution. Yeah, Yeah, totally. It's it's still winter. So if we we correlate that to a woman's cycle, so the first day of your period is day one of your cycle, and that is your inner winter. So it's a winter week. So from an annual perspective, winter is, we could say, from the beginning of November to the end of January or even into February mm-hmm. so winter is all about um, allowing yourself to rest slow down nurture nourish yourself and if you're looking at your superpowers that I call them for winter they are kind of creative reflection going in inward reviewing honoring yourself asking for help it's a little bit of a planning phase but it's a quiet phase but what happens get ready for Christmas crazy 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 parties presents and all the money that you don't have January everybody's miserable because they're not going to get paid till really late because they've had the paycheck early you know there's all of that and then we're making these new resolutions and it's ridiculous and if you honor that cycle and you did all the things you're supposed to do in winter then your spring week so for us it's the second week of our cycle it's kind of day seven to fourteen and in a in an annual cycle it's kind of springtime this is more like a half fun, go for it, be creative, 
it's that kind of season. It's more you feel lighter physically and emotionally. And we do, don't we, when spring comes around. Yeah. You feel more dynamic and active with what you want to do. You know, you make plans, you work with more clarity, you have more energy. And you're, because your superpowers during that season and that week or that time of the year are kind of concentration and stamina and increased consciousness. That's, that's what it is. But you will only feel that and be fully in that if you've honoured your previous season. Mm. Think about it in terms of menopause. So women say, oh, I'm having a terrible menopause. Menopause is not an isolated time of your life. It's preempted by all the years of having a period. So if we honour our cycle so that we have a great period, much more likely your menopause is going to be a greater experience. Mm. So it's about honouring that particular time. How would you say that, because I actually have pretty much gone through the menopause already, um, yeah. and how how would you recommend somebody like me to kind of cycle track? Because obviously okay. I don't have a menstrual cycle anymore. I know yeah. how I feel, but is that what it's about? Is that kind of recognising? And then after that, let's go back to what you were saying yeah. about you from day one to seven, and then after yeah. that, okay. so they get a real people that listen. Yeah, okay. Um, so what I would recommend the first thing is there's a book that I recommend to all my clients um, students people so it's it's called Full Circle Health and it's by Lucy H. Pierce okay. and it's a manual way of tracking your cycle because I don't really like the apps the apps have a lot of in-app promotions adverts emails it gets ridiculous and they average everything out mm. so what I would recommend is that you get the book and you start tracking your cycle from the new moon. So from the first day of the new moon, start tracking your cycle. Because the lunar cycle is 28 days. And that makes much more sense. Because an average woman's cycle should be 28 to 32 days. So it could go in line with a month. But don't worry about the month and how the month is going. Just start with a new moon and start tracking. So the full circle health book, that will take into account everything. So it might take into account... Uh, your food intake what you were feeling like eating and you go with it you don't judge yourself and think oh my god I really want cake this week just just to eat the cake um yeah. <laughs> it's probably the best piece of advice I'll ever give just eat the cake. <laughs> I um, love it. <laughs> it will you can look at things like right am I feeling bloated um am I feeling light am I feeling heavy how are my clothes fitting um Am I feeling motivated or energetic? Am I wanting to make plans or am I wanting to cancel plans? Am I wanting to be on my own? Do I want to go outside? Do I want to, want to just be in, in inside in the evening? So look at all those kinds of things. And you will notice a significant difference. But once you track that cycle and you notice a pattern, it gives you permission to honour it. Yeah. Because we, ha we have that time where we're like, oh, well, I've got so many plans in the diary this week. I don't want to see anyone. Yeah. And it's not because you're being a rubbish person or a bad friend. It's what you need. Yeah. So once you track the cycle and you know that, you know, right, this week in April, I will not be making any plans because that's my, um, it's kind of your phase four, which is your autumn week. So your autumn week, that, you know, that's what happens. I'll I'll explain it more in terms of the number of the days and where yeah. you've been yeah. cycling. Yeah. There is a week in your cycle where, you know, you just you just go inward and you just want to be on your own and you don't want and it's actually preparing for menstruation if you're still cyclical and if you're not it's that week four of your 28 day cycle or it's mm -hmm. it's you know kind of getting into autumn so this is what happens in autumn as well isn't it 
But we don't always go with it. No. Yeah. We just think, well, I'll just do what I did the previous month and I'll just do what I did the previous month. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you think about think about nature and think about farmers, they don't do the same thing month in, month out. No. They have to go be in tune with nature. Mm. That's how their that's how their lifestyle, their business, their livelihood, that's where it comes from. Imagine if they didn't observe nature and they just planted seeds all the time. I know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, inter- it's, really it's an interesting, point. you know, comparison to draw in there because it does help you think more in time it's certainly not only recognizing but also like you were saying about planning ahead all this preparation which I know I don't really do I I just have a sense of oh I'm feeling like this today or but I'm not really tracking it Mm. um that that book that um Sucre's just mentioned I will put it in the link in the bio Mm. so if anybody that's listening would like to check that out too I'll put the link in so let's go back to this the track your cycle for balance then so you mentioned okay. the first week of your period is like the winter months almost. Yeah, so it's day one to seven. Um, to seven. It's okay. menstruation week if you're cyclical. It's the week where you've kind of got your lowest energy. Mm-hmm. So even if you are observing your cycles, you're nurturing yourself, you're nourishing yourself, you just will have less energy. Yeah. Think about what's happening in the body. You know, you're having you're having your bleed. So it, really important also for women who have had a hysterectomy, um they are on the pill or they have the coil and they're not cycling to kind of start because you, they might notice an interesting pattern for themselves and think hang on I'm not experiencing any fluctuations and that's not really normal it's yeah. not really normal to be in like the same consistent mode all the time yeah. um so during that week your your kind of real powers lie in uh, creative reflection you're going inwards you're reviewing things you're honoring yourself, you're asking for help. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it from a work perspective, for example, you might be delegating a little bit more. So you might be thinking, right, what happened last month that was really good and what really worked? What am I going to bring into this month? What am I going to change? And it's a good time to sit and do that. You know, you could, and it's realistic if you're self-employed, if you're in an office, it's not completely unrealistic because you still have to make time for those processes of thinking, right, what worked in the business last week, last month? You know, what we're going to continue with, what's new that we're going to try. And it's a little bit of a downtime because imagine giving that to your employees as well. Wouldn't that be amazing? The right this week, we're going to be working, but we're going to take a bit of time out every day and we're going to do this and we're going to reflect and we're going to review. Like, I don't know any workplaces that do that, but um, apparently there are some female owned, female only workplaces that are doing this more. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love to do that. I know that I do it for myself. I plan a lot around this and it's it really works for me. So that's day one to seven. Okay. And then day eight to 14, it's the follicular phase. So this is where your body, if you're cycling, is preparing for ovulation. So this is your inner spring. So you're not ovulating yet, but you're preparing for ovulation. And it's kind of a fun time. You're just going for it. You're being creative and you've got the energy because the previous week, you really honored yourself and you relaxed and you nurtured yourself and you really took it easy. So you should feel physically lighter, um, emotionally lighter, but more dynamic and more active and more focused. So this is where you you make plans and you kind of work with your energy because you've got increased energy levels. You're able to do more because you honored yourself the previous week. If you didn't honor yourself the previous week, you're not necessarily going to be feeling like this. And so you're able to concentrate um, you've got more stamina, increased consciousness just around what you're doing. Right. And that's your second week. Okay. 
And if you think about it, of the seasons, um, you know, this is spring and it's kind of a springing into action mode. That's how you feel. That's how yeah. you should feel. This, yeah. this is what we're leading into now. If we look at the year and where we are, mm-hmm. it's March tomorrow. So this is what we're leading into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then, so what follows that then? In So that's followed by phase three. So phase three is kind of day um, 15 to day 2021. Yeah. So if you're cycling, this is the ovulation phase. Okay. So if you're not having a natural period, you're not ovulating. An ovulation is a natural process, whether you want to get pregnant or not. Mm-hmm. So when I was talking about these quotes, a lot of the quotes were just women saying, oh, why do I have to have a period just for my body to tell me that I'm not pregnant? <laughs> not every woman is trying to get pregnant. No. It's not a sign of you're not pregnant. It's a sign that your body's working and doing doing its work for you and it's processing everything. So so this is your inner summer, the third week. So think, think about the mood of summer as well when it comes to that time of year as a season. Mm. So summer is very, you know, you feel sociable, you feel friendly, you feel happy. It kind of goes with ovulation because it's the time for reproduction. You know, you might be feeling a lot of female energy. You're feeling very loved up. Um, feeling warm. warm, yeah. Warm, <laughs> yeah. warm, warm, unapproachable. Um, so that's that's the summer season and that's the s- season of ovulation. And that is the time that women can get pregnant. It's a generalization. If you're really tracking your cycle for pregnancy, you need to be much more specific. Mm. It's a tricky one because I don't necessarily like my clients to live that life of, right, okay, am I ovulating? Let me check my temperature. Let me do this. All these tests around it. But it depends on the person. There are other people who are much bigger experts than me in this. Uh, One person I've followed for the last two years who, if people are interested in this topic, especially if they've had conditions like PCOS, endo, um, if you've been on the, you've got hormonal imbalance, you're approaching the menopause. There's a lady on Instagram called Jessica Ash and mm-hmm. her page is called Jessica Ash Wellness. She has okay. a YouTube channel as well. And her information is brilliant. She's, okay. you know, she's the expert. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm a therapist and I'm trying to offer relief of symptoms and help with people tracking their cycle and have a better experience. But I'm not yeah. a specific expert in that. Yeah. And then the final phase, which they call the luteal phase, which is autumn. So autumn is really about you're kind of feeling more reserved. This is the week where you're going to be thinking, oh, I made too many plans because I was far too excited. About <laughs> all these things in place and I really shouldn't have. So this is where in terms of work, it's, it's a good time to be like thinking out of the box, uh, thinking about core issues that might be going on problem solving um feeling quite inspired creatively there's an element of creativity across all the seasons Mm. but this is the one where you know you can just be thinking okay I'm kind of having a quiet week because I'm preparing for my winter it's not similar to winter winter is like more of a cold time you might feel more physical symptoms you might feel more bloated swollen uncomfortable you're not feeling that in your autumn week but autumn week is more you're kind of quiet you're allowing yourself to just stay at home and be in your own company and enjoy a bit of solitude if you can mm-hmm. and then generally there's there's general things that I tell women to cut back on and avoid 
some of them you're going to absolutely love. And it's to do with the fact that they impact the pelvic girdle. You're putting right. pressure on your pelvic floor. You're putting pressure on your pelvic area. Mm-hmm. So you need to think about when you're doing these. And it's funny because when I'm in week one, which is menstruation, I don't do any vacuuming because it's pushing. It's a lot of pressure. So heavy lifting, standing for too long, vacuuming, cold floors. And cold floors is really important because if you think about at home, you know, do you walk around in the kitchen barefoot on a cold floor or in the bathroom or anywhere Mm -hmm. that you've got, you know, a tiled floor? Your feet have got so many nerve endings and all of that cold goes up your legs and into your pelvic region. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually we should really be keeping ourselves warm and we should always have socks on and we should always have slippers on and the back and the pelvic area should always be covered with clothing, especially if it's cool, because you don't want cold and damp to get into that area because it will aggravate conditions and it will make them worse. Mm. You want to keep that area warm. We even have a cloth that we wrap around the pelvic area when we work as a therapist. Just mm. it's almost to kind of hold you in place. It's very nurturing. You know, yeah. it's just, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, feel yeah. It's very nurturing. Um you're trying to think about not having too much uh processed food, non-organic meat. I know there's a big thing about you know exercise and protein and increase your protein intake. But the majority of meat, especially chicken that's available on the market, is full of steroids and hormones mm. because chickens have to be shop ready in four weeks. And believe me, a chicken naturally does not become shop ready in four weeks. So it's, mm. a, it's an enhanced process that they use. Yeah. So there's more chicken on the market because people want to eat chicken. Um, intense exercise is not great, especially during your first week of your cycle because of what the impact it has on the joints and the ligaments. And I think for women, the things that we are, I guess, just not great at in our own life that we should get better at is, you know, nurturing and honouring yourself by tracking your cycle um, and asking for more help. And what I teach women to do at home through the therapy is abdominal massage. And it's kind of a 13, 14-minute massage that goes from the sternum right down to the pubic bone, goes over the liver, the spleen, the digestive system. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way of nurturing yourself and balancing your hormones and balancing your cycle. Yeah. So as much as they can come to me for therapy, there are there are little tools that they can then use at home to okay. maintain the results. And if if somebody did come to you for therapy, you know, just for just so people really understand a little bit more, because um Mizan, 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 Mizan therapy. Um, it's not something I'd heard of until I, I, you know, I heard you talking about it, and I saw some of your posts. And I know it's to do with the, some of it's to do with the massage in the abdominal region. Yeah. Can, can you just talk about that just for a minute, just so people get an idea? Okay. So if you came for your first treatment, for the actual physical hands-on treatment is about an hour. But for the first treatment, we'll do quite a long consultation. And I normally allow about 90 minutes. So it looks at your whole history, health, family history, emotional history, diet, when you started your period, your history with pregnancy and childbirth and all that kind of thing, your own birth and how it was. So we look at all of that to get a full history. And then for me to determine what is it that you're looking for. So what you could be looking for is you could be looking for less painful periods or a more regular cycle or an improvement with perimenopausal symptoms. It could be a number of things. Mm. And then once we've looked at all of that, 
I do the treatment and I'll just briefly explain what the treatment involves. But then after the treatment, the types of things you might do is you'll I'll teach you how to do the abdominal massage. And I normally give you a video so you can do that massage. You can do something called a castor oil pack. So castor oil packs help to break down adhesions. They help with polycystic ovaries, endometriosis, anything like that that's lurking around in pelvic area. Um, there are herbal tinctures that I recommend that you can take for various conditions, pelvic steaming. You know, people think these top celebrities invented pelvic steaming, but no, it has been around for centuries <laughs> and lots of ancient cultures, you know, still still use it for great benefit. So with the treatment, what Mizan does, the whole purpose of Mizan is to rejuvenate the pelvic area and all the organs within it, especially the reproductive organs, by bringing fresh blood to that area and removing any stagnation. So the stagnation can be physical and emotional. And this is why the consultation is important to determine what's been happening that you're storing there. And we're going to go into this process having full faith that because you're honouring yourself, you're treating, you're not treating yourself you're allowing yourself to go through this healing process that trauma is going to be released on its own mm-hmm. without having to kind of dig everything up yeah. so it begins with I've changed my misanthropy a little bit so I start by putting heated um, pillows over the abdominal area upper and lower mm-hmm. and just really warming up the area and in that time I do about 15 minutes of reflexology and focus on the area of the body that we're going to work on. So I focus on the pelvic area and all the organs within it on the feet. Yeah. Then I do the tummy massage. So it's quite a deep abdominal massage, but it's relaxing. Most people do fall asleep. So yeah. that helps to rejuvenate that area. There's some pelvic rocking. So the pelvic rocking is about identifying, is the pelvic slightly misaligned? Does it need to be realigned? There's lymphatic drainage on the legs because that feeds into the pelvic area again. And then on the back of the body, we massage from um, kind of the mid back right down to the sacral because all the nerve endings that come out of the spine feed round into the front of the body in the reproductive area. Yeah. So it's helping to re-energize all of that. There's more pelvic rocking and it's just a really soothing treatment. And we work on the sacral, which is very low down at the bottom of the spine because a lot of tightness and pelvic alignment can come from there. Mm-hmm. So we work on that and it takes about an hour. Yeah. And it's it there's a lot of energy work involved as well, yes. depending on the individual, depending what I'm picking up and the physical work. And it's it's generally a really relaxing treatment. And a lot of people come for uh probably seven sessions at first and then we kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. But it's it's totally their choice. Everybody is very different in how I work with them depending on what their what their goals are and what their concerns are. Yeah. It's nice to it, wonderful it, it does and it's <laughs> it really nice to include the, both the emotional and the physical yeah because you know, yeah because definitely. so obviously I, I do the energy healing but I'm really focusing on the energy and the emotional side there's I'm not doing anything with the actual body and it's nice mm. it's nice that there's this available for women that that covers the two so you you're absolutely covering both of those at the same time yeah. I think that's quite it does Quite sound powerful. amazing. Maybe booking in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come along. Yeah, and it's such, you know listening to you as well because I mean we had um I think it was was it week six or session six we had Liz who does somatics um come on and it's fascinating when you think about how the body kind of 
creates these patterns, these holding patterns that then kind of gets banked into your subcortex and you're holding yourself in these patterns and you don't really realize. And it, it was a bit of an eye-opening week mm. for us, wasn't it? That yeah. Week? But um, I've worked with Liz, Liz a few times because my right hip's out of alignment. Okay. So I had a procedure, I had my appendix out when I was 15. And ever since then, I always had this weird, I thought there's something wrong with me. I'm like, why do I feel like one leg's longer than the other mm-hmm. after the operation? I mean, did they take a chunk out while I was under? <laughs> but um, Liz was saying it's it's um, quite common, actually, because when the trauma is experienced in that body, it, it either elongates or clenches in, and then it creates this the, the hips being out. Um, and you know, when you were talking there about the pelvis and sort of being out of alignment. I found mm. out when I was uh, pregnant with Lewis, I had a tilted womb, you know, it was tilted yeah. and yes. quite considerably. So I had no idea. And I didn't even really understand how that might impact, you know, the my periods until you talking today. So that's a big takeaway mm. for me. Um, but the other thing is because my right hips out, when I get the pain, either side mm. like the, the, the ovary pain almost that pulsation it's always more on the right always so you've yeah. given me food food for thought yeah. there because I'm thinking I'm yeah not- it's interesting and if you, if you just think about hysterectomies as well so um I learned from there's a lady that I followed called Dr Christian Northrop oh me too massive fan of her she's so awesome. she says that one of the most performed surgeries on women in America was was and probably still is the hysterectomy Mm. and if you so if you think about it your womb and your bowel and your bladder they sit together they're in their correct position because the other two are there so the bowels in the right position because the bladder and the womb are there so they're called the three sisters in Mizan we call them the three sisters so when one is removed yeah creates a space yeah and then the other organs drop into that space yeah they're no longer in their natural position and that has all sorts of impacts on health in the future. Sure. And, you know, more than I can mention here. But what we're trying to do is to just help women to to keep their womb, no matter what's happening. Because I'm a strong believer that if you're not born with a condition, your body can heal. All your body's ever trying to do is heal. When it presents you with symptoms and what we call problems or pain, it's just your body signaling that something needs to be done. It's mm-hmm. part of the healing process. Your body's just trying to heal every day. It, we just don't give it enough credit for what it's capable of. Mm-hmm. So all we're trying to do as therapists is really encourage that natural healing process that's happening anyway. Yeah, yeah. which is good, which yeah. is, you know, I think obviously in the world of the alternative health field, I, I feel that that's really present and that's a, a common message and theme throughout mm. which is really important and because we don't get it do we no the- and we've sort of forgotten or or society's me- medicine uh, you know and the world of medicine is kind of a different approach doesn't it yeah. um take and, a pill yeah ignoring yeah. you know what the messages maybe that your body's telling you but also the whole the whole approach of mm. your emotions and I love that you take you know you look at even your own birth and that experience you know because it, it all shapes shapes your yeah physical and emotional self doesn't it so it does and also what can happen is there's a story around your birth so if your birth was particularly difficult for your mom your mom yeah. may have constantly relayed that to you and that affects your relationship with your own mother and with your own body. Gosh, yeah. Mm. And mm. that has an impact on you. And I've seen that with clients. 
you know, I've had clients who say, yeah, it was an accident and my mum used to go on about it all the time and how inconvenient it was. And, mm. you know, it's shaped who they are as a person and how they yeah. deal with things. It's so important. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. It is. And it may, you know, I, I try, I'm just thinking now what stories I say to Lewis and Amber. I don't think, I mean, I had a difficult birth with Lewis because I was in labour for so long and I was um, contracting but not dilating. So they had to get me on this drip. And and the, the lovely nurse said to me, oh, by the way, because we're putting you on this drug, um, it's going to be even more painful than it would have been without it. <laughs> Just prepared you for that. Yeah. Thanks but a yeah, lot. I think the only thing I said to Lewis was, I think the way I framed it to Lewis was, you didn't really want to come out because you were so warm and cosy. That's and what I mean. To both of mine. Because <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to come out. <laughs> you weren't you weren't coming. It took took a while. Yeah. Whereas Amber was just whew, in 40 minutes. Mm. She was she was quick. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, because imagine if you said to him, Oh my god, it was such a nightmare and it was really difficult and you just yeah. didn't want to be born and yeah, yes. imagine if you told him that. That would shape his individuality, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's worth thinking about, it isn't is. it? Um, just really quickly before we wrap up, just to have a quick question. If you do, is it a tilted womb or a tilted? Yeah. yeah. If you have a tilted womb, is there anything you can do to check yourself to see if it's tilted or do you need an expert to tell you? So the first thing is you can check, check your general posture. So you could stand, uh, you know, you could stand against a door where there's sort of a line at the back mm-hmm. just to have a look at your natural position. So, you know, if you stand and your bum naturally sticks out. If you've got that then, curve in your back. Yeah, then your pelvis is probably tilted forward. Right. It's kind of tilted more forward. That's Whereas a if, you, tip. if you're okay. totally flat at the back, yeah. it might be tilted to the back. Right, so okay. Just, and you'll be able to see, and if you compare yourself to other people, you'll see, right, okay, I'm quite neutral in my position or it's tilted to the front, or it's tilted to the back. Mm, yeah, see, now that makes sense, because exactly. I know mine's tilted. If you look at my silhouette, I go, my back yeah. is flat. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to check on it, because it's interesting to know, note that that can also be a cause of the pain, as well as the other stuff, Yeah. Um, yeah. which is just, yeah, I think people be interested. Uh, Sukra, thank you so much. It's been awesome. It really has. It's been so fascinating, and it's made me think about so many so different many things aspects of you know of womb health and being a woman and cycles and yeah so thank you and you're very uh, welcome I could talk it's a topic that I could talk about for a long yeah, time it's, <laughs> it's awesome so what I'll do is I'll I'll pop your um details on the bio as well super so I'll pop your I'll put your um website um in the details is there anything else that you want to say about what you're offering or you know if they want to find you on social media at the moment, I'm on Instagram as um, the Body Temple Academy, which could change. I'm very, you know, uh, it's very fluid. It changes often and there's, it might change soon. But normally if people just put my name in, it will probably come up anyway. Yeah. So that's where I post most stuff. And then I've got um, the Body Temple for the business page on Facebook. Okay. And on my website and social media, I always do I always do a, a kind of a nice treatment promotion Mm-hmm. for people as well just a nice yeah. experience I tried to think of things that I've had that I really enjoy and then I just put them together, put them together. So I've got yes. something running at the moment and I'll have something running in April as well but I'm quite flexible about these things so people can just message me with the Mizan I offer a free 20 minute chat on the phone because 
obviously most of my Mizan clients they've never met me before they just want to have a bit of a chat and tell me their history yeah and then I give them an idea of how I might be able to help them help. Before they yeah because it's a commitment it's a commitment from the client to their own healing yeah and I always make that clear you know I'm not I would love to be a magician but I'm not I, I work with you and the commitment is for you to kind of take the home care advice as well so yeah. we always have that chat first yeah that makes sense brilliant Okay, right. We'll wrap things up then. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sucra. That was wonderful. Thank you both. Thank you.